Well, hello, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Chapel Chimes Podcast. This is a podcast devoted to chiming in on what's going on in our culture, inside the church, and outside the church. Please like, subscribe, and share, and we'd love to hear from you. Now, without further ado, Chapel Chimes. Well, hello, folks, and welcome once again to Chapel Chimes. This is Pastor Dallas Payton, Jr., um, the pastor here at Cook's Chapel Baptist Church in uh, Pipeston, West Virginia. We thank you for choosing to listen to another episode of Chapel Chimes. You know, folks, we'd love to hear from you. You can uh, reach out to us. I'm going to give you an email. We can be found, of course, on most social media platforms. You can message me on Twitter. Also on Facebook, our church is pretty out in the open. You can reach out there. But you can also send me an email at Dallas, that's D-A-L-L-A-S-P-Y-T-N, at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you. We hope that these podcasts are a blessing. Well, I want to begin today on something that I'm kind of excited about. I hope it'll come across as good as I want it to in my mind, and things typically don't do that. But what I want to do today and I think I can get through it in one podcast, I'm going to do a shadow interview. And uh, I'm going to explain to you what that means and then who we're going to be interviewing. And I hope uh, that it'll be in a, an encouragement to you. I want to have a, a quick word of prayer and ask God's blessing here over the next few minutes on our time together. Lord, I, I come to you, and, and you've heard every need of every heart today. I thank you that you always answer prayer and for these next few minutes, we ask that you once again bless us and help us. And I pray you'd speak to hearts. Maybe use this to encourage somebody or maybe maybe even give them a laugh. I don't know. But God, we pray for your blessing. And we love you. And we ask you to be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to first begin by <clears throat> describing what I mean by a shadow interview. Uh, and then I want to tell you who it who it is, who I'm interviewing. And uh, a shadow interview, I come up with an idea. I, I'm sure it's not original with me. I'm sure somebody else has done it somewhere along the line. Uh, sometimes you will see an interview on television where they will, the person will sit and the lights will be off. They'll muffle their voice because they, they want their identity to be hid. And today I'm going to be interviewing by someone or going to be interviewing someone by answering questions. Uh, they're not here in the studio. They're not live with me. In fact, I have never met them, but I sent an email out, uh, and I put several questions. I asked them if they would be willing to participate and answer those questions. I've never met this person. In fact, I don't know who it is at all. I'll repeat that several times throughout this podcast. But I sent some questions that I thought would be relevant, maybe be an encouragement to people, maybe um, help you to understand, or maybe even make you laugh and chuckle. But uh, the person that I'm interviewing, or the entity, I should say, that I'm interviewing today is from Twitter. Uh, I want to, now folks that do not have Twitter may be hear this and say, what in the world uh, is Pastor Peyton doing? What in the world is he talking about? But uh, in the Twitterverse, in the Twitter world, we have what is called anonymous accounts. Uh, and there's an anonymity in these anonymous accounts. Uh, there is one anonymous account on Twitter that I had been conversing with quite a bit uh, in different times and different ways, and some t most of it's been pleasant, actually, and so I reached out to them privately. 
uh, and it is the Twitter handle uh, Unwise Ape. I'm going to be doing a shadow interview with Unwise Ape. Now, I'm going to say this again. I do not know who this person is. It would be comical to me, or sad, depending on <laughs> your perspective, that this person maybe was even in my own family or in our church or something along those lines. I don't think that's the case. Um, but it's, a not, it's um, an anonymous account. Now, I know as I'm making this podcast, there'll be some folks who probably already clicked it off because they think, well, I could care less what an anonymous account says. And I understand that. In fact, one of the reasons I wanted to do it is because I do not understand an anonymous account at all. I don't understand someone pretending to be someone else and getting the word out in that way. But I've also found out that there's a lot of them, and they are having a field day on Twitter, and um, good and bad, and in between, just like all of humanity. And so today we're going to do a shadow interview. I sent a list of questions. I asked some of them are just basic, simple questions. And maybe if you're listening to my voice, this will kind of help you to understand human, uh, the human condition a little bit more or where somebody's coming from that has an anonymous account. Now, if you listen to podcasts but you're not on Twitter, uh, Twitter, you can set up pretty easily, pretty quickly, uh, an account, a Twitter account, a Twitter feed, uh, where you can be anonymous. Nobody knows who you are. Um, and I guess you can do that with about any social media platform, but Twitter seems to be prone to that. Uh, and I'm not an expert at anonymous accounts. I just... Uh, I found the condition of anonymity on anonymous accounts or emails or blogs and things of that nature to be um, kind of an interesting thing in the human psyche. You know, the Bible says that your yay be yay and your nay be nay. I, I think there's some biblical teaching against anonymity. I think we need to be held accountable um, face to face, and I think I could have some Bible to say it. But some of these accounts are made in in kind of levity and jest, and some of them are really not meaning it to be mean or snarky. Some of them are absolutely horrendously uh, horrible. Some of them in in the Twitter world are even bots that just come out and attack, as our young people call them, trolls. And so, but today I want to begin, I want to look at these questions, and I'm going to, I kind of ask some general basic questions just to see where is this guy coming from, or girl, it could be a woman. I have really no clue. I'm going to say that throughout the podcast. I really have no idea who this is. I was told early on when I first, when Twitter was really getting overran by anonymous accounts, that several of the anonymous accounts that were making fun of preachers were either preachers or most of the time sons of preachers, sons of pretty good men. And they did not want to hurt their dads. They have kind of a love and respect for their dad, even though they don't really agree maybe with their dad or at least their dad's friends. Or maybe their dad was done wrong by some preachers. And so, therefore, they were taken to the Twitter world to right all the wrongs. Uh, I don't know that that's the case. I, don't, I think it's gotten way more complicated than that. In fact, I've, I've even heard that one person runs all of them. It's just an interesting thing. Now, you may not find that interesting at all. I totally get that. Um, in fact, sometimes I wonder if it's going to either make or break Twitter. But let's look at what the thought process is behind somebody in total anonymity. Uh, I, I first began this question. I asked Unwise Ape, and there's a, he has a picture of an ape on his Twitter handle. And so I asked him 
uh, some things, and he says that to feel free to introduce me however you like. Most of what I say in the intro is listed below anyway. If you want me to write an intro, I will, but it might uh, take me a little time. And so we have the, we have this uh, account, Unwise Ape. Let me say this, Unwise Ape has been kind to me. Uh, he obviously disagrees with some things. I've watched some of his feeds. He started out negative, kind of went positive. Um, and uh, him, there's some other ones that are that are similar. I think he is he is connected to these other ones. Maybe I'm not sure about that. Anything I say for sure, have no idea. But I asked him this first of all. Number one, what made you want to be anonymous on Twitter in the first place? How did you begin? Unwise ape says this. I, I've never heard his voice. I don't know that I've seen an actual picture. And again, I'm saying his. It could be. Her, I don't know if it's young or old. I don't know if it's somebody in our area or if it's somebody down in the south. You can usually tell by the words they use and the way that they uh, post that many of them are southern. And by that I mean they are in the south around a certain type of ministry. Um, they seem to about all have a major, major problem with the independent Baptist, which I am one. And uh, I, I'm a unique independent Baptist because I don't fit any of those molds. But um, they seem to have a major, major problem with independent Baptists. But I asked, what made you want to be anonymous on Twitter in the first place? How did you begin? Uh, he writes, he says, I have another, or again, he, she, I have another anonymous account that I use to have conversations of a political nature. I decided it would be a very good way to try and understand people that I disagree with. Being anonymous removes the preconceived notions regarding race, gender, a polit political affiliation, etc. And it, and it allows for a smoother sharing of information. Now, I would obviously disagree with this, but this is their perspective. This isn't my interview. I'm interviewing uh, Anonymous Ape. This feels kind of weird, so please forgive me. He writes, or they write, I created Unwise Ape sometime after that to have similar conversations of a religious nature. It also had the added benefit of reducing drama in my personal life because some of the things I've had conversations about and positions I've taken may not be received well by people in my personal life. He does not say whether that's a spouse, a church, if he's on staff, uh, if it's a dad, who knows? He does not say. They do not say. Some of the conversations I've had as Unwise Ape I've tried having on my personal Facebook page, for instance, but it hasn't always gone well. So Unwise Ape, whoever they may be, uh, they began to have, uh, according to them, conversations and positions uh, of, of a religious nature that, that uh, and it's almost as if they're saying, I don't want to hurt people in my own life. I don't want to hurt my dad, don't want to hurt my spouse or my boss or my brother that's a pre whoever I do not know and so uh, that's that's how that's why they started it is really to keep from hurting someone now you can have your disagreements with that and and I do of course but that's their perspective number two I write I ask the question is Twitter the only place you are anonymous and unwise ape says no unwise ape is available on Facebook too different people are on Facebook than Twitter and the conversations take a different path very often. And I would say this, if you know anything about social media, many preachers are on uh, Twitter. They're totally different than they are on Facebook. Uh, a lot of individuals are totally different. Uh, I saw someone that uh, 
Uh, I found, I saw them on another platform, and they seemed fine. I found their uh, Twitter feed. They they were cursing every other tweet. So there is a difference. There's uh, different, I guess, uh, circles you run in. So I found out to I found that to be interesting. There was something about Twitter, and if you're not on Twitter, it don't mean as much to you. Twitter's kind of a word driven. I think it draws preachers and students and people who like to have religious and political discussions. Um, So that was question number two. Question number three, has your experience been positive or negative, and why or why not? And they write, overall, it's been positive. I've learned a lot about other people. I've been challenged in what I believe. I've made friends, and I've had some fun. Now, I think this is probably the most innocent statement that is made. I think this is fine. In fact, I think if if all the anonymous accounts had this attitude I think it would make it a lot more enjoyable. And I will say, on Unwise Apes' defense, um, and I've watched this that account interact with other people, most of the time I see maybe a little pushback, but it's pretty innocuous, and uh, they're trying to have a little bit of fun. Uh, and, and they said here that they've actually grown in their, in their beliefs. And, and I would say this. I'll, just, I'll be real transparent uh, in this podcast. When I started watching some of the preaching clips and some of the different things, uh, I have to admit that some of what I watched and witnessed bothered me and made me think, hey, what dumb thing am I saying? Um, I saw, I think, Loving Pastor. And, and now some of them, I think, are taking people way out of context. I just preached a, a message uh, yesterday as I'm making this podcast and, uh, on a Monday. And, uh, you know, I said <laughs> I made the comment that uh, my wife na- has named all the dolphins in the ocean. Well, obviously, I was being silly and, and kind of just making a little poke at my wife, who does love dolphins, who does name every animal that she sees. But if you took that out, my brother-in-law picked at me and said, yeah, I was going to send that in to the guys on Twitter um, because, you know, they, they could have had a field day with that because I did say it. And if you took it out of its context, it does sound absolutely ridiculous because it, it is ridiculous, and, and I was meaning it to be ridiculous. Uh, and and uh, so some of it is fun. Some of it is just mean on, on, the, on the anonymous accounts. But Unwise Ape overall, he says it's been po- They say it's been positive. And then I asked the question, why the name Unwise Ape? Uh, in fact, I said maybe answer this one first. And uh, they, he write, they write, I'm not sure I put too much thought into it, but I think it was from a desire for people not to take me too seriously. And again, I think that helps this account in particular is to not be taken too seriously and a hope that I wouldn't take myself too seriously. Also, Dumb Ape was taken. <laughs> That's the funniest thing in the whole, our whole interaction. Dumb Ape was taken. Unwise Ape stands out a bit as it has worked out, and, and I think that's true. You just kind of uh, remember that one. And uh, he, he, again, they seem to be a little bit more innocent in their, in their jabs that they take. Um, and it, they, um, they did write this, a note they write, uh, some have misunderstood Unwise Ape, including my profile picture, to be a satirical take on John Hamblin, often referred to as America's premier evangelist. But it is not. It was just something I made up. Uh, John Hamblin is a, an evangelist out of Michigan, and, man, Twitter is relentless on him. I mean, they just go after him. I've defended him some. I do not know him personally. Uh, I, I've never met him face-to-face, 
And uh, but man, they go after that guy, and he's saying here that was has nothing to do with it. So I wanted to, he wanted to clear that up, and uh, I thought that was pretty good. Number five question, real quickly: What do you wish to accomplish with your anonymous account or anonymity? And this is really my question to everybody that's on Twitter. Everybody makes a podcast. In fact, I even ask myself this question all the time: What am I doing? And you know, if if what you're doing is just for fun or it's just a hobby. Hey, that's, that's, to me, a legitimate thing. But what are we doing? They write this. My motives when first creating this account aren't the same as they are now. I appreciated this. This was very transparent. As stated earlier, my motive was primarily to have a conversation, have conversations, but also had a, I, had a, I also had a tendency to troll certain people that identified as independent Baptists that were arrogant, rude, and generally not great people. As a, dis- as a disclaimer, I know these types don't represent all of the independent Baptist group. Over time, they write, my motives have continued to be conversations, but my hope and goal is that what I post is helpful to others and that through my account I might bring more unity in believers as the number of followers on this account has grown. It has become more apparent that what I post matters. And so I do think it's grown, and uh, I think part of it's because of this this person's openness. Uh, but they did admit that they started out as a troll, uh, trying to just kind of make some snarky remarks in the, m- remarks about independent Baptists. Uh, and I would say this, those who are listening, maybe some of my friends that are independent Baptist, Bible-believing people, uh, being arrogant, rude, and generally not great people, that's what they write, being arrogant, rude, and generally not great people. Uh, I do think there's a culture clash you know, I think a lot of these guys are in the South. You know, people from the South are in the country. We generally don't do as well with what we would call Yankees. I don't know it's always Yankee. I think a lot of time it's big city versus country type folks that have general different speeds of doing things. Uh, some folks, you know, they can be smart aleck and it doesn't bother them. I, I, I pastor in southern West Virginia. You cannot be a snarky smart aleck here. We do not abide that well. In fact, that's a good way to start a fight. Uh, and, you know, they just don't like it. Don't go over good. You couldn't pastor here. You know, I, I've had people tell me, said, look, um, you know, we've, we've wanted to bring staff in, in our, from another area. And they said, make sure that they understand how we are here in our area. We are very uh, country in the sense of, uh, we don't want to be made fun of, but we're, we're not going to be like the folks in Chicago or folks in New York or Boston, or for that matter, folks like in Atlanta or Jacksonville or Miami. It's a unique uh, place. Every place is unique. And we have to be careful, though, that we're not arrogant, we're not rude, and not great. Generally, that statement really broke my heart, generally not great people. Uh, and if that's the case, that a person is not really who they say they are, then snark away because God maybe is using that. Uh, number six, I write this. You seem to be kinder than some. What are your thoughts on other anonymous accounts? And I was really curious about this. You know, I want to know the motives, and then I want to know what's your thoughts about everybody else. Uh, and he writes, they write, I haven't, I haven't always been a kinder anon. My family and I, and even close friends, have been through a lot in our time as independent Baptists, and we had to deal with a lot as a part 
uh, of our leaving that group. So they have said they leave that they have left Independent Baptist. Due to the baggage and stuff we have had to deal with, I was bitter at first. Over time, and with the help of God through Scripture, that has eased up some, so I'm much more kind now. I think there are a lot of motives that drive a non-accounts. That's what he writes. That's what they say. This is Again, this is unwise eight. Some are misunderstood and perceived to be ill-willed when they're not. Yet there are some that are actually ill-willed, which I appreciate them being honest because you can see that a mile away. I'd say ignore the trolls, but in general, I think the best approach to any of them is to be humble, be kind, and have conversations with them. Most people, anon or not, will respond in kind to a genuine person. Uh, and uh, you can see the, the heart and kindness behind whoever this is. Uh, and again, I have no idea. It could, be a, it could be a lady. It could be somebody from the north, somebody from the south. In fact, it could be somebody that I know personally I really do not know. Um, I would disagree because I do think that um, there are a lot of them that are ill-willed, and I think there's a general narrative of that all independent Baptists are nincompoops or bigots or mean, and it's just not true. I, in fact, I find that to be very, very few, and the vast majority are not. One of the biggest lies and one of the biggest things I take issue with it's not disagreement, but the but the lie and the painting of independent Baptists. I just I really take issue with that because I've been doing this a long time, and it's just simply not been my experience at all. And that's not that's not to say it's not someone else's, but I, I think one of the things that that the the anonymous accounts forget is that many of the people that they're talking to uh, have been in the ministry themselves a long, long time, and they have a lot of experiences as well. Um, they know they're not all dumb, you know. That, well, I've arrived. I'm, you know, I've I've had this happen, so therefore I'm going to straighten the world out. Well, got to be very careful about that. But he, but that's what they write, and it says most people, not or not, will respond in kind to a genuine person. Uh, I, I would question that if I had was able to talk to them in, in person, because I've had some folks that man, they just they're going to snark and move on. You know, the big statement I hear in some places is truth does not fear a challenge. But I find that the truth does fear a challenge depending on who the truth teller is. A lot of it, they let personalities get in the way. Truth does not fear a challenge, and I actually love that. I actually share that with our students in our Christian school all the time. I think it's a great line, but you've got to be honest about it. Um, and then I ask this question, are you an independent Baptist? If not, what denomination, belief are you, conservative, liberal, et cetera? Or conservative, I didn't put et cetera on there. Uh, they write, I'm no longer IFB, but I was up until about a year ago. I went about the re-examination, re-examine, I went about to re-examine everything, I believed, because I realized I had put some emphasis, put more emphasis on what I had been taught by others than what was in the Bible. I took time to understand why I trusted the Bible as my primary source of true information, but then started rebuilding my faith from the ground up based on that. Some people call that deconstruction and reconstruction, but I'm not sure that's really a good description. The Bible tells us to re-examine ourselves to make sure we're in the faith, and we should do that regularly by reading and studying Scripture. Pastors and spiritual leaders can be great to help guide us, but our faith uh, should not be based on their faith. We have a responsibility to know for ourselves. Sometimes that means questioning what you've been taught. Where I land is what I would call conservative. Some independent Baptists, I think, would call me liberal. But conservative means holding traditional values, and my goal is to hold 
the traditions set forth in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 11, 2. Paul tells the Corinthians to remember him and maintain the traditions as he um, delivered them. And so I think that was a, you know, a fair uh, you know, answer. I would I would disagree on the, the Bible talks about examining yourselves, uh, but I don't think that means you have to go back and and restructure everything. And the question I would have, and I've heard this more than once, this is not the only time I've heard this, is what were you believing to begin with? Um, were you blindly following a man? Then of course I would say, don't follow any man. And if you are in a circle where you're following a man, I, I just blame the folks around you. I blame you. Man, don't ever follow a man. I, I tell my students day in and day out, challenge what I say. If you're preaching the truth, challenge it. Now, you could come to different conclusions. You know, we're, we are studying in our 7th and 8th grade science now, evolution and, cre- and creationism. And you say, well, you're in a Christian school. I didn't think y'all did that. We absolutely do that. The Abeka book has it in there. We got a picture of Charles Darwin in our book. We want our students to see that. We want them to be challenged, to think and to look and to question and to dig and to find it out for themselves, the freedom of conscience. I would say the same thing if you're listening to my voice today. Um, Listen to your own conscience. Read the Word of God. Find a pastor that you can follow. I do think God puts pastors and leaders in your life. But if they're a good pastor, if, if they've got, if they're, as we say in the hills here, if they're worth their salt, they will tell you uh, to search the Scriptures daily. Be, they, those, be like the, the Berean believers. You know, they were more noble because they searched the Scriptures daily whether these things were so. And we have to be constantly in the Scriptures. Now, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard some of these podcasts and blogs and different things that are taking Scripture and just coming to a different conclusion because of a different hermeneutic or a different perspective or a conservative you know, ideology versus a more contemporary ideology. And so we must have some room, give some room for some differences of interpretation. But that does not mean because somebody, you know, for example, we've had to be controversy about alcohol or about these controversial subjects. I call them click, clickbait subjects. But uh, just because maybe a, a well-known preacher has a different take, and like for alcohol, for example, you know, I know the RFP guys that they, you know they featured a little clip of mine on their um, one of their programs, and and they also featured. Um, Adrian Rogers, who, who I would consider a hero of the faith and really challenged one of his messages. But uh, they did not touch very much that I know of the one by John MacArthur who just lays it out. Uh, and I've heard people kind of bashing him that because of his stand on alcohol. And so these are good men who, who have drawn different conclusions. And I would say that they're not non-biblical conclusions. And so we have to be very careful that we don't push that narrative. Now, I'm not going to get into all of that today, even though I think it needs to be unpacked some, because I want to get my ducks in a row before I uh, challenge that myself. Uh, but I would say when you look at the breadth of Scripture and you look at uh, what many Bible-believing people have studied for themselves and you look at different interpretations of the same text, you look at historical accuracy, and on and on we could go, there are very godly men uh, that have came to different conclusions on uh, various subjects. 
I do think, as independent Baptists, we've made a mistake of saying, for example, I'm not a Calvinist, but I, I think we make a mistake if we call every, so every person that holds to any type of Calvinism a heretic. I think that's been a mistake. Uh, we have to be careful with Calvinism. We have to be careful. But we have to think it through and study it through. We have to be consistent. So I, that, that, that's about 10 more different podcasts. But let me go on. I ask the next question. Do you consider yourself a recovering fundamentalist, or what they call RFP? Uh, and they write this. I think that's a tough question. Honestly, identity is weird, and I've thought about my identity a lot recently. If you say identity as or identify with, then you're attaching yourself to a standard that becomes part of your personal identity. And and this was very, very succinctly and well put. I'll read that to you again. If you say your identity or you identify with, then you're attaching yourself to a standard that becomes part of your personal identity. That is a very, very great statement. Uh, They go on, when I was an independent Baptist, identified as one and with the beliefs and standards set forth by them. When I left, I would have said I identified with RFP and, and as RFP family. As time goes on, the only identity I want to strongly attach my personal identity is Christ. So I identify with Christ and identify as a follower of Christ. My goal is to follow the beliefs and standards set forth by God and His Word. Uh, I think if we all take this approach, we'll find unity in our identity and peace and fellowship under the banner of His identity in Christ. And and I would say, um, and you know these these the RFP guys and I are on two different ends of the spectrum, obviously. But I would say that both ends of of this would would agree. I think it's very very well put. In fact, one of the better things put I've seen uh, in a while. And then I want to go on here. Why do you think there are so many anonymous accounts? This is just my general question. And they say, like I stated before, I think everybody has their own motive. I think we get more as time goes on because anons are mentioned on popular podcasts or even in pulpits. And and this person's right. Some of these stick around to become more popular. Others disappear into nothing. Twitter is a platform that's very open to anonymous accounts, so it's easy to be on there. And, And I think there is a practical side. Uh, and then, um, will you ever expose who you are? Uh, they write, I probably won't openly tie unwise ape to my personal identity, but I have let some people know my true identity. As mentioned before, as time goes on, keeping my identity secret is less important. And I kind of took that just as a blunt no. And so when I, that is the questions that I had for unwise ape i want to thank that person if they hear this for their honesty their I, and now I, again i don't know this person they may hate my guts in real life i really don't know them I, i'm going to make a judgment that this person is kind i think they've been raised around some kind people they've been hurt maybe by the independent baptist somewhere on the line but they have a spirit that that i like um, you know, and I found one thing that I've noticed that some of these guys that I disagree with, I, I disagree with some of the things that I see with the RFP family. I've disagreed with, I disagree with a lot of things, you know, I think we're human. Uh, but one thing that I've noticed though, is I catch myself agreeing more and more with a lot of different people. You know, I'll see somebody who I think is showy, but they love the Lord and preach the gospel. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't do it that way, but man, I, I love their spirit. 
I see somebody who's a little grumpy and grouchy, and I say, well, I think they'd be, it'd be I wish they was a little nicer, but boy, I appreciate what they're doing for the Lord. I see folks who are kind of trendy, wanting to be cool, and which just irks my personality to no end. But, man, I sure appreciate that they love the Lord and love people. And so my general consensus is, is I've kind of enjoyed the banner. It's not changed me at all. In fact, it's made me stronger. Uh, I think if you have an innocent side to you of just wanting to have a little fun, which I think Unwise Ape does, then, man, I'm, I'm all for it. I enjoy the banner. I disagree. You can, you can put ESV verses all you want. I'm just always going to disagree. But I enjoy the fact that you've got the freedom in a country and on a platform to do that. Um, but if you're snarky, mean-spirited, and a jerk, and for all I know, this person has even those other accounts. They're mean in one account, nice in the other account. Who knows? I don't know. But I thought I'd share that interview. It gives some interesting insights. Uh, I think it kind of peels back the curtain just a little bit to, to for us who do not understand. And I, I will say that I think my generation, I'm in my early 50s now, climbing, <laughs> getting older every day, but uh, – we do not understand this. I, when I talk to people around my age, they just do not. We were raised in a generation you, you put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. Even if you are softer, just own it. Um, and I cannot for the life of me figure it out. But um, pulling back the veneer a little bit, seeing that it's not always meant as bad as it seems. But I want to say this to the anonymous accounts. Um, whoever this is right here, be who you are. You seem like a great person to me. I don't know the color of your skin. I don't know if you're male or female. I don't know if it's somebody you, you, you may not even want to ever speak to me. Uh, but who you are in your heart seems to be good. And so I just wanted to share that with you today. Kind of a different podcast. Kind of weird, I guess we might would say. Uh, man, send us, a, send us a note. Message me. Send me a private message if you like it, if you hate it. Maybe you know somebody, hey, you say, Preacher, I, I like to do that. Reach out to me. Use your anonymous account, and maybe you want to share something with me. I'd love to do that. I think it's interesting. I hope we can have more of it. I hope it's a good conversation for you. You can, you can find us on podcast platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Man, we'd love to hear from you. We're going to close today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition, another episode, another time to be together on Chapel Chimes. Thank you for listening to Chapel Chimes.